0: Hello, this is Darren Pulsifer, Chief Solution Architect of Public Sector at Intel, and welcome to Embracing Digital Transformation, where we investigate effective change, leveraging people, process, and technology. On today's episode, we're going to look to the future of 2021 with Greg Ernst, VP of Sales at Intel. Greg, welcome. Welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thank you, Darren.
0: It's a pleasure.
1: It's good to see you.
0: Well, I, I I love having my management on the show because it validates my show. So thank you for coming on. I didn't know we
1: were going to tell, explain our reporting structure. Oh,
0: oh, wait, wait, that's, that's quiet. We are, that's proprietary information we shouldn't be sharing, I guess. No, no, it's good. (laughs) Oh, Darren, it's, it's an honor. And your podcast has got, is
1: getting quite a following. So. Uh, for the audience to let you let them know, I, I was I, I reached out and and made a subtle request and an opportunity to speak with you on, on air here. So thank you for doing this.
0: I well, thanks for coming, Greg. Tell us a little bit about your background and what you do at Intel to to help drive uh, Intel forward. Yeah, so I,
1: as you said, I lead our U.S. sales and marketing, and for a company like Intel. Our, our customers are primarily the, the system OEMs, and um, we, we have a sales force that works every single day servicing those accounts and helping them take our compute and memory technologies, build systems around it. Um, our business model is compute. Um, and right now, what we're seeing um, just an un- unprecedented demand, almost an insatiable demand for compute. Um, so one of the things that we also do though as a company is have a team of business development architects principal engineers um, who work every day with the industry software companies cloud providers but also the fortune 1000 businesses schools agencies of the government work with all of them to make compute accessible and to really help identify trends and apply use cases that solve business problems. Um, and, and, do it in a way that improves society. And Darren, that's, as you know, that that's it for your audience, that's your job. That's part of the team. And you as a former CIO, um, it's the type of skill set that we're excited to bring into our company because it, it does help businesses all, all over the country and all.
0: So you've kind of explained that we're trendsetters. We're out there kind of pushing new trends and looking at trends and making sure that we have the right products to help customers with these new trends that we're seeing out there. So what trends do you see happening this year? What's your crystal ball tell you?
1: Well, I think right now it's, it's all COVID related.
0: And we're, we're,
1: you and I, before we joined on air, we were updating each other on when our vaccine appointments were. That's right. But we're seeing it all over the nation that as, as the end is in sight, and, and, and you and I know we, uh, the, the nation and the world has some work to do before we put COVID behind us. Um, but as the end is in sight, businesses and where they're spending their capital dollars and IT dollars and infrastructure dollars are changing. We spent spent most of 2020 in what I would call crisis mode and um, IT departments doing what they do amazing, which is deploying technology to keep businesses running and and help businesses grow. So they really spent 2020 in the adapt phase. Now what I'm starting to see is a stabilization um, and, and IT departments being able to look look forward uh, rather, rather than just responding to the crisis at hand. And and that, and what you and I will talk, that, that's creating a lot of um, the basis for the trends that we're going to share here. Today.
0: Yeah, I, I noticed this last year. What we learned from IT is that they can move very fast. Um, it truly, truly is amazing how quickly um, we were able to do remote work in almost every industry. Um, it, it was truly amazing how fast it, how fast it happened. So that really shows us that IT can move much faster than we ever thought they could.
1: Dare, what did you see change in, in processes that allowed IT to move fast? Because all of us in business, we all talk about velocity as king. What what changed?
0: You know, I, I've talked to several uh, CIOs and CISOs and, I think what changed was decision-making got pushed down Yeah, um, because it had to. Uh, a CIO couldn't make every single decision that had to be made during the the crisis, so they pushed the decision-making down. And I think that was a huge benefit. And that's where we saw the velocity come from.
1: So it was our own decision processes that typically
0: slowed us down. I, I think so. And also, uh, COVID really didn't wasn't a catalyst as much as an accelerant. Mm -hmm. It didn't make change. It just accelerated the changes that were already planned. People had like uh, Office 365 rollout. Oh, I've got an 18 month plan. Well, guess what? Now it's a week and a half. You don't have a choice, right? (laughs) I mean, so those sorts of things um, accelerated and and I really believe that we can move faster than what we've projected in the past. And we've seen that inside of our own company. Yeah, we have.
1: The adoption, our IT department's been stellar, but, but you're right. They, we empowered them to do what was right for the business. And rather than doing a long managed change process rollout, we went fast. And at times, it was uh, um, some of our employees weren't sure uh, <laughs> yeah. what we were using, but we got through it quickly. And And, and you're right. Our own, our own, uh, some of the software. We did it in weeks, and normally it would have been.
0: It, it most definitely will be written up as a business use case for all those MBAs out there, for sure. Yeah, on what happened. Yeah. So and now we're as we look forward, though, to your point. Uh,
1: what I've seen a lot of our customers and businesses all over the nation uh, really, really starting to set up for what this new hybrid work model is going to. We, um, one of the things in the news and, and Intel, we're working through our own, is um, expectations for our employees around how often they come to the office uh, after having spent a, a large, large, large majority of our employees spent the last year working from home. Um, they want hybrid, and companies have been spending time working through what that means from office setup to expectations of the employees, to freedom that we give. Um, But now IT departments are starting to make the investments to enable that. Even even if employees are only getting together once, let's say once a week, Dan, let's pick a number. That's a number that we've been talking about internally. We haven't made our own official decision. Let's say once a week, you still want a level of collaboration between the employees and now we need to solve for the problem of some employees will be in office and some will be at home. And that's, that's now where I'm seeing IT departments really spend their time preparing.
0: Uh, a- absolutely. And and we don't know what that's going to actually look like yet. So IT departments are still going to have to be very flexible and agile in, in their approach on things because it's going to take, I think, longer to adopt the new way. It's not going to be three weeks it's going to be months until we figure out what it really looks like i think so it, it's going to be
1: it's a little more emotional because every every employee's different right? and some some really want a physical desk some really crave and, and enjoy being around other employees some yeah, want absolutely and that that's um that change management is probably going to take some
0: time. So, what other trends besides, um, you know, the remote workforce or the hybrid workforce, do you see uh, happening this year?
1: Well, one is I'm seeing a lot of projects come back online. And back to your point, they, they they weren't newly thought of. They were more put put on the side in 2020. So quite a few things uh, coming online. Um, but you know, first a lot driven around again the hybrid work environment. But what the employee experience should be engaging with IT. Uh, a lot of applicate apps. So as as individuals, we've gotten used to this app driven world employees want to engage with their business in their, in, uh, the same way they do with, with consumer, uh, consumer software as a service app. So a lot of app driven employee experience projects starting um, a lot of using phone to deliver secure training. So uh, allowing people to, employees walk around, uh, be away from their computer and still um, listen to um, CEO updates. So, uh, quite a bit there, and um, also a lot of progress too around the utilization of bots. Intel right? so we just rolled out a new HR bot ourselves to again improve and automate the employee's experience accessing all the, the HR services that we have.
0: So that, that leads to a lot more AI and AI automation, it sounds like. We're going to need oh, that.
1: Yeah. And it, to your point, it's all driven by the machine learning and the effectiveness of machine learning to make make these bots and this automation more effective. Um, and, and therefore, more utilized by the employees.
0: Okay. Um, what about in, um, outside the employee space? What do we see moving forward in, in industry, for example, or in, um, in product delivery? Do we see any changes there coming online this year? A lot of our customers
1: are setting up for frictionless, contactless customer services. Um, so whether we're, we're seeing a government side, we're seeing a retail, definitely in the entertainment space, um, and again, getting the workplace. So quite a few projects now um, planning for post-pandemic um, and, and really standardizing on this contactless, frictionless um, engagement with customers. So a lot, a lot of projects there that are sales so versus than eating
0: uh, businesses with. Well, you and I were kind of talking about this. Um, parts of the industry didn't slow down. They accelerated quite yeah. a bit, including telco, and which is going to make um, these frictionless delivery much easier, right? Because now we've got the telco infrastructure to provide that, like 5G and just, just a, a stronger infrastructure that allows for more IoT, more remote um, ty- types Plus, of uh, devices um, that – before, we weren't really ready for, and it was going to take years to get there. I think I think we're there now.
1: Yeah, I think the telcos have done an amazing job in 2020 of investing capital to build out that infrastructure. We, uh, Intel was a big a big day last week, right, Darren? For us, we launched our third generation of Xeon scalable CPUs. And we actually had one of the infrastructure leaders at Verizon at our launch event talk through the infrastructure build out they're doing make 5G a reality. Um, and in what, what another one of our customers, DISH, there was quite a few announcements that, that DISH made in the fall of 2020 around them building out their own 5G infrastructure. So the good news is, is that CapEx spend continued, that infrastructure build out is sustained. And now what we're seeing is enterprises and, again, government agencies to build out their own private networks to utilize the the latency benefits
0: of 5G. Uh, So let's move away from 5G and move into AI a little bit. Mm -hmm. And there were some really cool announcements when we launched our ice lake uh, with Microsoft, for example, on, on some things we're doing with AI and, and, uh, medical discovery. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This was, um, We've been talking around at Intel called Secure SGX, Secure Guard Extensions. We've been we've been working through this um, for some time with with, with the industry. Uh, I am seeing a huge spike, and and you hit on it, Dan. What what we're seeing is uh, with with our new third generation Xeon CPUs, there's these secure compute enclaves, uh, protected memory that cannot be accessed outside the system. And the use case that we're seeing get deployed, and as you mentioned, the CTO of Microsoft of, of Azure came on. Uh, the use cases that we're seeing is really around AI and this concept of federated learning, where uh, users' data and companies' data can train global models, but the data doesn't need to get shared into a central repository. And originally with AI training, it did. Now with this concept of federated learning plus Intel's SGX, that that data can be protected, whether it's individual's data, one hospital's data, so patient's data or company's data, Um, be protected but still contribute to to training a more global model and and reaping the benefits.
0: Did, this is a huge, huge uh, benefit because regulation, as we know, and private and data privacy sometimes get in the way of of researchers, right? Because oh, I can't share the data because with yeah. this, this uh, concept of confidential computing and uh, federated learning, this is a huge, huge um, benefit to research, whether it's for COVID or cancer or. And we're even seeing it used in the financial markets as well, uh, where I can't share you know bank data with people, but I can start looking at trends across um, across the economy and see what and maybe even be more predictive on what's going to happen so huge benefits there it just
1: skyrocketed it's over the last six months the the number of projects that our customers are working on just 10. Years. So it, it is a space where we, we as Intel, we have a lot of, one, we have the technology, but two, a lot of specialty to aid customers.
0: Oh, great. All right. What other, what other trends are you seeing? We've talked about security. We've talked about confidential computing, AI, remote workspaces, um, or the hybrid work, workplace. What yeah. else do you see happening this year?
1: Another thing, RPA, robotics process automation. Um, a lot of companies there in really post-COVID finding ways to automate, in some cases, mundane tasks, and then free up, again, free up their workforce to to work on high, higher value-add projects. So that is a definite trend that's, again, skyrocketed over the last, I would say, over the last six, eight months.
0: You know, the whole RPA market's an interesting market. It has received over $2 billion in VC funding over the last five years. That's incredible, I mean, $2 billion. And guess where most of the money came from? New York City, the financial markets, cause they use RPAs like crazy. Um, it, it's an interesting market um, to be in and, uh, and a lot of growth. So I, I agree with you, automation is gonna be key to uh, moving forward quickly. And you
1: were mentioning too earlier, just a lot of data center automation.
0: Yeah, just yeah. Outside of RPAs, there's a lot of automation frameworks that people are using to deploy infrastructure in their data centers and also in the cloud seamlessly. So, a lot of really uh, cool technology in that space. Cool. Well, hey, Greg, this has been great um, talking to you about all these things. Any last words for our listeners out there?
1: I would just um, one trend we didn't talk about. Uh, that I did want to hit on just real quick is really that the build out of that edge compute we talked about it a little more around five G. Um, but what's what's been interesting is in, at Intel we've started building out reference architectures to help companies build out their edge compute. Um, and, and really the the important science there is the connecting of the edge compute all the way back into cloud infrastructure and building. Both a hardware, a software stack, a control panel, and an automation. And so I would just say that probably another area of incredible investment, but then incredible business outcomes being driven from it as well.